0: You ready for some word today? All right. If you have a Bible with you, then let's go ahead and turn to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 2. 1 Samuel, chapter 2. And I want to begin with giving you the context of the verse that we are about to read in 1 Samuel 2. We read about a, a guy named Eli. Eli, the high priest, and his two sons, all right, Hophni and Phinehas. And these boys were working in the ministry, and they had jobs at the, at the temple, and it was in regards to uh, the sacrifices that the people were commanded in the law to bring uh, according to what was written. And uh, these boys were not very honorable. And they were a big problem. And they had their place, they had their role, but they were uh, selfish. They, they would take of the sacrifices uh, for their own personal benefit. And they exalted that above these matters. This was a holy work of God. It was a very big deal. God considered it uh, important, holy, and yet they despised it. And they didn't give it the the reverence that it required. They would uh, entice the, the women who were serving there at the temple gate uh, sexually and have relations there. And these are the ministers. These are those that are representing God and doing His work. And they're all in it for themselves. And uh, they're like, you know, a lot of guys over the years have had a trouble with food and sex, right? Uh, they did. But this, it, it was... Uh, it, It really was not a laughing matter. It it was a big deal. And then God sent uh, one of His prophets to Eli and started talking to him about these things. We just want to read verse 30. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 30. And this was part of the conversation. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But... Now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So look at this. The Lord is telling them, I I gave you a promise before. I told you this is what was going to happen with you and your family. And how they'd serve me and how they would walk with me. And and how they would hold these positions. Uh, But it's not going to happen now far be it from me. No, it's not going to happen. What I told you previous, I'm not going to do. Now that might sound a little strange to some. You say, what? The Lord promised and now He's going back on His promise? Well, this was a conditional promise. It was tied to what they did. And here, it wasn't that God failed, it was that Eli failed to fulfill his conditions of the promise Therefore, God did not honor him. You see that? God wanted to honor him and his descendants perpetually, but now they have bucked the system. They have despised the things of God, and so he said, nah, not gonna happen now. You have ruined what I had planned for you. What happened was Eli refused to do what was necessary in regards to his son's ungodly behavior. All right, he allowed allowed sin to persist in the highest ranks of the priesthood, and uh, you know, he did it because they're his boys. They're his sons. He didn't want to kick them out. He didn't want to deal with them in a strong enough way that was necessary for what would need to happen and he didn't want to reject his kids, so God rejected him for putting his sons above him. Could that ever be a problem today? Could it be a problem for parents? That they, they potentially could put their own kids above the things of God because they don't want to offend them. They don't want to, you know, do anything negative or they don't want to reap the, reper- the repercussions of their strong dealings. And their kids how they might react. And so they let sin ride. They let ungodliness live on in, in, their, in their kids. Now these are grown kids, but still he was in charge of them concerning their job, concerning their ministry. And, and this was a real serious problem. But I want you to see the principle first. Do you see that sometimes what we do determines what God will do? I know with some that's a theological struggle because they think, "Oh, we're in. We're what we do doesn't matter. God's gonna just gonna do whatever He does, and He's gonna do whatever He has planned." Well, not according to this. God had a plan. He had a will. His desire was to use this family and their descendants and use them in the ministry, and they would hold high place and they would be blessed by Him perpetually. That was what God wanted. But what happened? Is they interrupted God's plan. Their dishonorable behavior. Interrupted what God wanted for them. And so yeah in some areas. What God does is conditioned upon what we do. In other words some promises from God are conditional. This will happen if you do X. If you don't do it it won't happen. Doesn't mean God doesn't want it to happen. Obviously, He wanted it to happen. It was His idea. But doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? For example, uh, many are familiar with uh, Luke chapter six and verse thirty-eight. It it, it reads this way: Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. How many know the first? The first word is give. What if you don't give? It don't be given. (laughs) What if I don't use a measure or my measure is zero, right? Then I don't get it measured back to me in in some kind of higher, higher abundance, right? In other words, the promise of God's abundant blessing in that verse is conditioned upon me doing something to start it. It is illogical for someone to wonder if they know this. For it would be illogical for them to wonder, Why is it not being given unto me? Why is my blessing not good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over? We shouldn't wonder that because we should know, Oh, it's conditional upon what I do. All right, there are numerous instances of this in scripture. And knowing that that's the case, it would behoove us to give high priority to doing our part of the promise. Amen. God wants to do the blessing part, the reward part, the honor part of our lives, but it is contingent, so many of these things, upon us doing what he has told us to do. Once we do our part, we go into trust mode, right? Lord, I'm just doing what you told me to do, and I'm trusting you to do what you said you would do. I gave, I'm trusting you to cause it to come back to me, for for example. Amen? Now, in, in some cultures around the world, even to this day, they place a strong emphasis on honor. Kids are taught it from a very young age, to be honorable, and they learn how to treat certain people, certain uh, institutions, how to behave themselves in such a manner that the best word to describe it is honor, okay? Our culture is not that way, all right? We, for the most part, you may have had an exception, but for the most part in our land, honor is not ingrained into us. And when we read this passage about the Lord honoring those who honor Him, I don't know that we automatically grasp the full weight of that you know, immediately. We have to give extra effort because it's not a part of who we are, it's, you know, culturally speaking. We must seek out understanding in this area um, if we're going to practice this if it's going to become a part of who we are. Now, uh, I want you to, to notice the words used again so we can begin to understand this principle. Because, by, by the way, uh, Hoffney and Phineas died as a result of this. And I'm kind of hoping you don't. So, uh, you know, just heads up, this series might save your life. Come on. It absolutely, it's very, very, very possible that many of us are going to learn some things that are going to increase the quality of our lives. Because this is a God principle, a God component to what we live in. Now, uh, this passage again uses these words, honor, and then he contrasts it with two words here, despise and lightly esteem. So when we think of honor, what what does that mean? Think of the opposite. I either honor or I despise. Okay, not not a middle ground. Well, I'm kind of neutral in this one. No, you either honor or you lightly esteem. Uh, You either honor or you, I said both words already, I guess, despise or lightly esteem. So watch, let's use opposites. It's, if it's not lightly esteemed, it's highly esteemed. highly esteemed. If it's not, let's use the word light. If it's not light, it's heavy. Okay. The, the Hebrew word actually literally means to be heavy. The, the word, the word translated honor, it means heavy, to be heavy. So something, uh, God, his ways, his word, so forth. It's either heavy to me, like, wow, big deal. This is heavy stuff. This is really, really important. Or, it's light. It's, ah, yeah, whatever. You know, whatever. No big deal. I'll get to it if I can, if I can't. You know, not the end of the world. This person saying, <laughs> end of the world if I don't get to this. End of the world if I don't deal with what God has placed in my life. This person is blowing it off like, yeah, whatever. Yep. Come on. Do you get the difference? So well, I'm kind of in the middle. What does that look like? Is it a big deal to you or is it not? Is, is God, His Word, His ways, His plan, His people, his, all the things that He's about, His assignments, His giftings, all these things, are they a big deal to us? Or take it or leave it. If I do something with it, I, okay, if I don't, I, my life's still fine. We want to be among the group, the category that says, no, if I don't deal appropriately with what God is saying, with what He's given me, with everything that He's doing, then my life is, is a waste. I might as well just be done. Where well, this person says, ah, life, you know, just just have fun. Amen. And so when we honor another, we make them of great importance to us, okay? Uh, Again, the contrast is we make light of them, they're unimportant, they're insignificant. Let's think about this in connection to uh, what is listed in the Scripture as the Fifth Commandment. Does anybody know what that one is? (laughs) Some of you do. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16 reads, Honor your father and mother as the Lord God has commanded you, that or so that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Okay, this commandment is also repeated in the New Testament in in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul reminded he referred to it as the first commandment with promise. So, do this. And here is the corresponding result of your obedience in this area. And uh, notice that God, so here's the principle, God honors those who honor their parents. You honor your parents, honor your father and mother, that it may be well with you. In other words, that God's honor will manifest in your life. When God honors you, it is more than just him saying, good job, way to go, you get a ribbon, give that that girl a trophy. No, when God honors you, it shows up in real desirable ways. Yeah. One of them is you don't get cut short in life, you don't die young, you live a long life. You know how some people say, well, when your time's up, your time's up. Some people, you know, that's not scriptural. When you read the Word, there are many things you can do to extend your life. Right. This is a big one. Yep. This is one of them. All right. He says, it'll be well with you, you'll live long, and you will have success. In other words, it'll be well with you. Think, think about what that might mean. If it's well with you, I mean, uh, no, if you're, if you're ravaged with disease, it's not really well with you. You're not considered well. <laughs> if you are just struggling through life, constantly under the, you know, the weight of debt and an inability to thrive in life financially, you're, that's not well with you. You could have health, but then you're being, it's not well with you in that area. Or you could be emotionally unwell. You could have relational disasters in your life just uh, compounding with each other. There's a lot of things that we would say, yeah, that's not a good life. It's not well with me if that's happening. Well, He gives us one of the the, the methods unto a better life. He said, if you will honor your father and mother, then it will be well with you. In other words, I'll honor you. I will show you honor, and my honor will manifest in you living a long life, and things going great. You're going to prosper. You're going to succeed in this life. Praise God. So, knowing this, how many know... uh, the, the, the principle of the word is this, children, young children are to obey their parents. They're to both honor them and obey them. But once they become adults, they're out of their care, they, they don't obey them anymore, but they still honor them. That's something that that exists. If you're 80 and your you know parents are 100, you still honor them. Right? That exists our, our whole life. And uh, parents really should teach their kids this from a very young age. Why? Because th- isn't one of the, the greatest desires of parents is for their kids to succeed? Or often we say, do better than we have done. Yeah, we want them to thrive in every way possible, want their life to be amazing. Well, they're not going to if they don't learn this. It's not selfish of parents to make their kids honor and obey them it is done for their benefit. If they don't learn that, it could cost them big time. So, I don't want to be like Eli and say, I don't want to deal with this. This is too difficult. Now, you boys, you stop doing this. No, you got to bring the hammer. (laughs) You You got to lay the law down and say, this is not going to happen because he wouldn't do that. And it cost his sons their lives. Okay. And so parents, uh, ought to train their parents, but again, like I said, even adult adult uh, children should continue this principle of honor. It's a God thing; he, you know, he ordained it. I, I remember when I was a uh, it was I was in my late teens, and there was a friend in our you know friend group, and she was you know I'm thinking maybe 19 years old, some somewhere around there, and and uh, she got in a car accident and. And died, and she wasn't a believer. And in the middle of this, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was just, you know, trying to wrap my mind around her being lost, and uh, and not just from the physical standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. And you know how you know how you do when when tragedies like that happen. You're trying to figure out why and why did this happen and how could it have been different and all these things. And, and I had not much knowledge of the Word back then. I was just beginning in these things. And so I didn't have a lot of answers like I do now. I couldn't go to Scriptures. But I, I remember uh, calling, a friend of mine, we called this, this minister we knew. We went over to see him and we're like, you know, what are we going to do? Why, why did this happen? And, and of course, you know, how you're on the outside of a situation, you're trying to, people want an answer. Why did this person die right here, right now? It's like, uh, (laughs) how many know without a revelation from God, you don't fully know, right? But this is one principle this minister said to me at that time. He said, well, he said, sometimes these kind of things, they happen because of this lack of honor towards parents. Now he wasn't hundred percent diagnosing that situation like he fully knew, but how many know that could have been? According to the Word, uh, you know when, when, when children will learn this or when parents will teach this they extend their kids' lives from what they maybe would have been. Yeah. Alright? And, and th- this was very entirely possible that this verse was coming to pass in their lives. You see what a danger it is our society and our culture who, that doesn't know much about honor, how it's costing people. Yeah. It's costing people a quality of life and in some situations, a length of life. And when you see this being promoted, attacks on the family. I'm talking about in the entertainment world. Uh, I'm talking about political things. When there are people attacking the family, and I'm not talking about this new, funky, made-up family thing that they're talking about these days. I'm talking about the Word of God, and God ordained, God ordained this stuff. Okay. But when there's attacks... You know, in entertainment we watch shows and the parents are always made out to look like the idiots. It's, it's always the, you know, the, the, the 15 year old that's bright and brilliant and the parents are always apologizing at the end of the show because they were wrong. Not good. I don't mean that parents aren't sometimes wrong and in those cases should apologize. But when that's kind of the, the narrative. The kid, the kids are brilliant and they're smart and they know everything to do and the parents are idiots. Right. Yeah. That's undermining something that is of God that is designed in His structure, His creation. It should be honored and it would extend and, and improve the quality of everyone's lives. But these things are very dangerous when we, when we receive them and, and, and believe these, th- these matters. Uh, how do you honor father and mother, you know, the the short answer would be you make them important. You make their lives, what they think, what they say, you don't ever mock. We don't ever think of our parents as outdated or uncool or, you know, or irrelevant. No, no. Some cultures, they would never do that. And that was the biblical culture and that was ordained by God is that kids would never despise or make light of their parents. You think we should hold on to this value? Yes. Or reinvigorate <laughs> revive this value? 100% we should. And it should live big in in our in our lives. Amen. Amen. Now now turn with me to Matthew the book of Matthew, and chapter fifteen. Matthew fifteen. Here, here what was happening here is the religious people were uh, getting on Jesus for not following the traditions of their elders, and they were all bugged about the disciples wash not washing their hands enough and stuff. And uh, uh, and then Jesus answered them. Verse three, Matthew fifteen three. He answered and said to them, Why do you transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? You also transgress because of your tradition. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. <laughs> kind of a strong statement there. You think, Lord? <laughs> well, he's quoting Moses. He's telling tell them of the law, and under the law, there were certain condi- there were certain activities that literally the the punishment was it was death. It was a death penalty. Yeah. It wasn't just murder. It was this kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, uh, how many are thankful we're not under the old cut Testament law? <laughs> how many would not be here? Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're not we're not implying that we're going to start killing our kids <laughs> for lack of honor. But I do want you to notice that it's in there. Even though the penalty of these things has been covered by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? How many know the principle is what? Death penalty for that? How big was this in the mind of God to Israel that He would establish this in His culture that He would institute such a severe penalty for for breaking the, the, the law? In other words, the way kids treat how they respect or disrespect their parents was huge to him. By the way, just because we're not under the law doesn't mean it's not still huge to God. Amen. Yeah. He hasn't backed off on that and said, oh, now that Jesus has come, you can, you know, talk about your parents and disregard them in any way possible. No, he still feels the same way. The standard of God's holiness and ways is still true. So, this should be a real big deal in our lives lest we die young. Amen. Yep. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, verse 5, but you say, these religious folks here, but, but you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father and mother, thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. So uh, you see what he, he's saying. You're making a way where your honor to them becomes unnecessary. You've finagled away. Uh, listen to this from the Amplified. It's a little clearer. In, in, verse, in verse 5, What you would have gained from me, that is the money, and whatever I have that might be used for helping you, is already dedicated as a gift to God, then he is exempt and no longer under the obligation to honor and help his father or mother. He's saying, I would have honored you. And you can see that honor oftentimes involves money. Okay, money and help. He said, what you would have done to honor your parents with money and help, you said, now I gave that to the Lord. I already gave that as an offering to the Lord. So I'm under no obligation to help you. You're making the command of God with no effect. This is Jesus' response to these religious people. How they would twist the Word of God where the Lord said, Show honor. And they said, Yeah, but not in this case. They were making excuses and getting out of this honor business. And this is a big deal to God. And in this context He said, Listen you guys, this is the one that had the death penalty. And you guys are skirting around this and finding a way to be dishonorable said, you make this of, of no effect. I know sometimes people will wonder when you have these discussions about, about honoring dishonorable people. Like some have had parents who were very, who are or were very dishonorable. In other words, they were ungodly and they did harmful things to you, or they, or they still have a lot of un, ungodly or dishonorable things in their life. Say, what am I supposed to do with that? Well, watch We're not supposed to ignore this because of that. He didn't say honor your father and mother unless they do do something that you disagree with or unless they do wrong things. Everybody see that? Okay, so knowing that, that tells us I have to figure out a way to honor father and mother independent of their actions. I don't want to endorse, embrace, or praise those behaviors, but I still need to show honor. How I many you know we're supposed to do that in, with a lot of people who are kind of messed up in the world? <laughs> it, it really is true. So how can I honor dishon- my dishonorable parents? Well, you can number one, forgive them. You can number two, pray for them. You can pray for them no matter how they backed acted. Right? So, How does that honor them? You're still, I mean, you're not praying for everybody. Or do you only pray for good people? <laughs> I mean you're, it is in, reg- in some regard showing them respect by saying, I'm going to take time out of my schedule, out of my prayer time, and, and I'm going to pray and seek God on their behalf. That carries weight with God. You're, you're talking to the Lord and saying, they're my parents and you said this is a big deal so I'm going to pray that bl- their lives are changed, or blessed, or helped, or turned around. Yeah. Right, Uh, you can focus on what's good when you think about them, when you speak about them. Not everybody's a hundred percent bad, right? (laughs) There are some good things you could focus on. And here's here's another one: you could not become them. So the things that you despise in them, don't let it become a part of you. Right, that's an honorable thing to do. Jesus went on to say here in Matthew fifteen verse seven, he said, "Hypocrites." Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people, don't you love it when the Bible speaks about you? (laughs) i got a personal prophecy from Isaiah. (laughs) These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So, we see it's entirely possible for someone to have honorable words, but not an honorable heart. They're, they've learned how to say the right things. They can perform a function. They can put on a presentation. They can speak the lingo, right? But their heart is dishonorable. What, what, what do you mean? In deep within them, this is not a weighty matter. Deep within them, it's, it's somewhat unimportant. It is lightly esteemed. Our honor towards God must come first from within where we truly value him and his word, his kingdom, all that he's involved with. It is such a huge deal. The church, his kingdom, his gospel, his love inside of us, his gifts deposited in us. Can you see I could do a series and each one of those could be a a message? All these things, we consider them of great and high value. Because they're of God, I will will use them to my fullest extent. I will show honor to all all these matters. And then my words come from that. Then I'm not worshiping God in vain. I mean, what a tragedy. What did you do to God? I worship the Lord in vain. In other words, I spoke words. I taught the commandments of men. I wasted my time. I wasted my time. I don't want anyone to waste their time here. So let's make this the real deal. Let's make this so important, so serious. And I mean serious. Sometimes we'll laugh in the middle of serious because it's the joy of the Lord. But it is such a huge deal. This is God's stuff we're talking about here. Whoa. we get to come together and worship God. What happens when we do that? God will honor us. What does that honor look like? Among other things, it looks like things are going well with us and our lives are extended. And many other things that we, we could talk about and maybe will. But uh, I was thinking about how we, how we honor people in our day. Too often we give you know, great accolades to people in certain industries maybe athletes, or entertainers, or movie stars, or politicians, or maybe someone who, is, uh, who owns a very large in- business in certain industries. And we think about them, we all know their names, and we admire them. Or maybe someone who's, you know, they look good, or have a real talent, or different things like that. And we think, oh, they're amazing, oh, they're wonderful. And I'm wondering if we should readjust our priorities. I don't mean I wouldn't give anyone a compliment for being successful in any field or doing something well. There's nothing wrong with praising a good outcome, a good uh, you know, successful event. But many of these same people that we revere have no morality, have very little integrity, they, ha- they, they have hardly any semblance of godliness in their lives, and yet we think, oh wow, Oh, look at them. I saw them. This person, they're wonderful. They're amazing. I'm wondering if we should switch because I, I would ask the question, are they a big deal in heaven? I mean, we know Jesus died for all, so he loves all people. He loves everyone and they can be saved, but is the way they conduct their lives and what they've accomplished on earth are, are they being talked about in heaven? Are people walking up, down, you know, looking over the grandstands of heaven from Hebrews 12 and saying, hey, look that person, and they're naming all these people that we revere and admire in our world and show high high honor to, or, or possibly could the system be based on different values? Might they be looking at you saying, you see them, oh, you see their selfishness, selflessness? You see their their heart to, to serve God. You see how they honor the things of God? You see that one, how they live for, for eternal purposes and not for just for their temporary pleasures? Do You see that one? I wonder if the who's who in heaven list looks a little different. Yeah. I wonder who might be heavyweights in God's kingdom. Yeah. And I think it's not the same value system. But if we will adjust, that is so honorable before, honorable before God. That if we will recognize people in our own lives, people who have a dynamic relationship with God, like the person I talked to recently in our church that's, that, that, that prayed for, what, 30 days straight. Is that right, Amy? 30 days straight, they'd go in for, into the church for an hour. 30 days, pray for an hour. They said, I'm praying for 30 days for my mother to get saved. An hour every day. And on the 30th day, her mother got saved. What is that? That's someone who's not living for themselves. That's right. That not only is honoring a mother, but it's honoring the things of God. That's right. And I wonder if we should just take some people in our lives and put them down a notch. I'm talking about, you know, they're not embracing the, the qualities of God. And we should take other people and set them up a notch. And say, it doesn't matter if they're well known, or rich, or pretty, or talented, they honor the things of God so they're a big deal to me. And it is just it is this rearrangement of our priorities that I believe shows honor and respect to what God says is important. When we do, we're not going to end up like Hophni and Phinehas. We're going to say, oh, these are the things of God here, these are important. And if you honor Him, He will honor you. Yeah. I don't wanna be though among those who get lightly esteemed. Let's add some weight to our lives, what do you say? Anyone wanna gain weight with me? <laughs> <laughs> not that kind. But it's not January yet, so we're the one I'm gonna talk about that. <laughs> but let's add some of this other kind of weight. It's called honor. To our lives. And like I said earlier, I think this, this revelation will literally save some people's lives. And for all of us, we can learn something that will up the quality, up the blessing of God when His honor is expressed in our lives. Amen? Praise God. Let's stop there for today. Father, thank You for working in us now by Your Spirit, by Your power. Thank you for the grace of God upon each one to learn, to grow, and to reprioritize what is important in this life.